Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening in to a very special edition of Pacific Point of View. We're uh, experimenting with the phones here. Um... If our sources are correct, we should be getting some calls Whoa, in here. Oh, there and it is. And we have the first call on Pacific Point of View history. Uh, <laughs> hello, you're on line two. Who is this? Hi, is this uh, the Pacific Point of View? This is Pacific Point of View. Can I ask what your name is? Hi, yeah, my name is Ryan. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Ryan, uh, what question do you have for us today? Yeah, so I, I got to ask. So, so the, the tagline for the, the Pac-12, it's, it's the Conference of Champions, right? Is that what I understand? Uh, yes, that's correct. So why, why do they call it the Conference of Champions when I haven't seen a Pac-12 champion for my entire life? You know, Ryan, that's an excellent question. Um, we're really skilled in a lot of other sports, uh, rowing, gymnastics. Um, wrestling. Wrestling. Volleyball. Volleyball, water polo we dominate at, women's basketball. Um, so I think when the term Conference of Champions gets thrown around, it's, it's more uh, referencing our overall um, success. So kind of just a, so patting the stats, because let's be real, everyone's all about college football, baby. Yeah, you know, Ryan, let me ask you, who, who's your favorite team? What's your favorite conference? Oh, I, you know, I like uh, the, uh, I'm a big <laughs> fan of the, um, the, big, the Big Ten. Ah, I see, a Big Ten guy. Well, uh do us a favor and uh, stop poaching our teams. Uh, what did you say? <laughs> Anyways, Ryan, it was great having you. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, the Ryan. The first caller in Pacific Point of View history. Cheers. That's got to feel good. Oh, hey, no problem. Anyways, uh, uh, tell uh, tell everyone I said hi. <laughs> um, all right, go go Pacific uh, 12. All right, thank you, Ryan. Let's go. Have a good one. All right, thanks for your point of view. See ya. That's your point of view is hilarious. Excellent. How do we hang up on him? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think he's gone. I hope. Let us know at home what you guys think of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a new thing we're trying to add. Oh, oh. we're getting another call. This call is insane. We could do an entire show this of this. This is insane. Hello. Hello. Uh, hello, who is this? Uh, hi, my name is Madeline Williamson. Oh, whoa, we got the full name. Madeline, where are you calling from? <laughs> um, I'm calling from Gilbert, Arizona. Wow. Oh, what was that button noise? Was that you, that Madeline from Gilbert? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm driving. <laughs> oh, wow. Unsafe. Uh, what's the question you got for us, Madeline? Um, I was wondering, out of the four new head coaches in the Pac-12, uh, which one you guys think is making the biggest impact for their team uh, this season? Great question. It's a fantastic question, Hayden. Oh, it is. It's tough. I'm going to go with Lincoln Riley right now. Although uh, Kalen DeBoer at Washington is is right there as well. But for me, Lincoln Riley has taken USC from a four and eight team that constantly disappoints to a fringe playoff team. So I'm going to have to go with uh, Lincoln. 
Madeline, uh, are you familiar with the state of Hawaii? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so ASU, Arizona State, has a head coach. His name is Sean Aguano. He's actually from Hawaii. Wow. So I think that's his biggest impact is that the guy is native Hawaiian. <laughs> All right. All right. (laughs) That's that's fantastic. Uh, Any other burning questions you got, Madeline? Nope. That's everything. Thank you guys so much. All right. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Second Pacific Point of View caller ever. You should be very proud. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye, Madeline. Bye. Bye. I don't know how to hang it up. I can't. I can't figure that part out. I I put the phone up. I I can't tell if it hangs up when I press that. Anyways, we probably got about time for one more caller. We'll see if another one tunes in in the next. This is pretty few cool, minutes. but it's, also, it's pretty cool. It's a little different. It oh, is. Oh, oh, here we go. Another caller. Oh, wow. We'll see who this one is. Hello. Yo, bud. Uh, <laughs> who is this? <laughs> Donnie. Ah, Donnie. Um, is that short for, for anything? Is Donnie your first name? Uh, <laughs> it, kind of. Okay, where are you calling from, Donnie? <laughs> calling from Tempe, Arizona. Wow, Tempe, Arizona. A lot, wow. of, a lot of local callers tonight. Anyways, Donnie, what's, uh, what's on your mind? Um, are, are we talking about Nebraska? Um, we can talk about Nebraska, we can. yeah. I mean, what's there to talk about right now? <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, can you get, give me one second. Okay, giving you a second. She's pulling out his I need notes. to get into a secluded, yeah, I need to get a secluded room right now. Okay, I mean, that's understandable. Reminder, we are uh, not in... Seven. I want to talk about, <laughs> I want to talk about Mickey Joseph! <laughs> Big Mick energy! I love it! <laughs> All right. We're All back, right. baby. We're tied for first in the Big Ten West. We're back. We're tied for first in the Big Ten West. I've been meaning to ask, Donnie, do you have a question? Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> what are the yeah, what, what are the realistic odds that Nebraska actually makes the Big Ten championship? Um, I would say... Forget about it, because if Nebraska somehow limps into the championship, they're going to lose by 60-plus um, to whoever they play. Okay, um, well, okay, where are the odds <laughs> that they get to the big Okay, I will say this. The schedule is very favorable. The only, in my opinion, automatic loss on here is Michigan yeah. on the road. Every other game is yeah. winnable. But so every other it game could is happen. also losable. That's, yes. That is the issue. Last year's team taught Honestly, us that. Honestly, from what I saw versus Indiana, I, I would be most worried about whether or not Nebraska gets the job done versus Rutgers on Friday. Budgley. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Budgley? I was going to say, who are you talking to? Yo. Talking, to talking to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, you listen here. Um, this is my show. Hey, you, All right. Okay. I, I like the words that I like the words that was coming out of Hayden's mouth. Okay. All right. Well, he, he's impressed. Yeah, if you want a specific, if, if you want a specific <laughs> odds chance for Nebraska, I would say one in five hundred thousand. Really? Wow. <laughs> Can I bet those odds? Is that a book? Is that all a book somewhere? Yes, I'll gladly take your money, Donnie. Okay, sweet. Um, 
What was I going to say? <laughs> um, okay, let's, let's, let's transition to the Big 12 now. Okay. okay. And uh, how about 2 a.m.? <laughs> it's actually 9 a.m. now for Kansas State, but 2 a.m. Yeah, 2 a.m. How about it? He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, I've been impressed. He's legit. Been impressed by 2 a.m. I think 2 a.m. is going to lose to Iowa State this weekend, though. I would agree. Shut shut up, Colt. <laughs> wow, he knew who I was. <laughs> just just the sound of my voice. We're going Don't viral, disrespect. guys. Anyways. Don't uh, disrespect 2 a.m. <laughs> Thank you, Donnie, uh, for calling in. It was wonderful to have you. I okay, wish hold I on, could on. Say. What, what are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about right now? Probably we're, uh, nothing. We're, the show hasn't really started. We're just testing the, the call-in feature. Oh, so I'm not even on air? No, no you, you went 100% you, you're on, on air. air. Don't. don't <laughs> Careful. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Anyways, Good to know. Uh, thanks for calling us, Donnie. I uh, really appreciate it. Okay. Uh, we hang out later? Sure. <laughs> not. Okay. Wait, can you still hear me? Are we allowed to hang out with the callers like that? <laughs> Hopefully he's gone. I don't know if that actually hung him. Okay, anyways. There's a, there's a lot of people in civic <laughs> space that just uh, just heard that whole thing. I know, I know. The chaos. All right, we'll, uh, we'll wait. Actually, I'm just going to play the sound. Might as well. Hill going to come back to the near side. Pick six. Make it to Hunter. Loved it towards the end zone. Hello and welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Amadova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View. Let me adjust this live video that I... Hey, what's up guys? That I messed up. Uh, we were just experimenting with the phones earlier today. Pretty fun. Uh, something we might uh, do We in have the to do that every yeah. week. Yeah, I think we can implement that maybe towards the end of the show or start it off with that. I would agree. And uh, a fantastic feature, actually. Uh, we're here for week six. Um, and let's get things started off with our surprises. You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. All right, surprises, week six. Colt, get us started. I was shocked this weekend. Georgia Tech beat Pitt on the road. Pitt was ranked this weekend. I mean, maybe that was a little questionable in itself. But Georgia Tech fired its head coach last week Sunday, and somehow they go to Pitt, win 26-21, with interim head coach Brent Key, who is a Yellow Jacket grad. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a, a cool story. story. I agree. Very cool. But how about... The UNLV running Rebels. Okay. Yes, sir. The Rebels are 4-1. and one This is out insane. Out of nowhere. Well, they beat New Mexico 31-20 to last week, but UNLV, and, and not only have they won four games, they are destroying teams. All four of their wins are by double digits. Oh, yeah. And their only loss was a 20-14 to defeat against a pretty good Cal team. And even that was a game I almost picked as a UNLV upset win. It's true. UNLV uh, surprised a lot of people. I think San Jose State is... <laughs> I think San Jose State is favored against UNLV this weekend. Uh, that's egregious. But I uh, just want to shout out UNLV. 2-16 in the last two years. So to already have four wins 
uh, at this point in the season is just crazy. This is a program that was a beached whale, yeah. dead in the water, hadn't been to a bowl game since 2013. Um, and, man, Marcus Arroyo, former Oregon assistant, has got that thing turned around, and they have got a dude named Doug Brumfield at quarterback. Yes, um, sir. He, he's been solid, over 1,000 passing yards already on the year. And UNLV, I think they have an outside chance uh, to compete here in the Mountain West this year. At the very least, they're a near lock to get to uh, a bowl game for the first time in a long time. I would agree. It feels very similar to what UTEP did last year. Oh, yeah. Dead program in the water. They came back. If I was going to attach my surprise to a game, I certainly would have done it with the Georgia Tech game, but I didn't really do that. I just attached it to now each of those top five, which is Georgia, Michigan, Bama, Ohio State, and Clemson, have looked not just sketchy, but vulnerable. Vulnerable to the point of, oh my goodness, they almost lost. Georgia, Georgia versus Missouri, they look so vulnerable. And that, that completed the infinity gauntlet of each of these teams showing flaws. Michigan did it against Maryland, Bama against Texas, and a little bit there against Arkansas. Ohio State versus Notre Dame and Clemson versus Wake Forest. What I will say is the flimsiest of those is probably Ohio State versus Notre Dame because they did kind of take control in that second half. But, you know, there was a little bit there where it was in doubt. But uh, it's good to see the top dogs looking a little bit uh, shaky at this point in the season. Agreed. But uh, let's get forward and talk about who is eating their Wheaties in the Pac-12. Better get your whole grain. I better eat my Wheaties. All right. Uh, Hayden, let's get things started in your corner. Yeah, lots of great candidates this week, but uh, we would be remiss not to shout out Dorian Thompson Robinson at UCLA. Had a career night and uh, led the Bruins to a 40-32 win against a top-15 Washington Huskies team at home. DTR completed 72% of his 33 pass attempts. That's kind of been the knock on him throughout his career. He's not a very great passer. Well, he looked fantastic in this game. 315 yards, three touchdowns through the air. He also rushed for 53 yards on 10 carries with a tutty. And uh, I got to say, Colt, your UCLA undefeated pick, uh, not looking too bad right now. Oh, it's aging pretty well right now. I'm going with my guy, Jaden Delora. And it's only been the second time this season, but probably the 10th time since I've been on this show. (laughs) But Delora had six tutties this past weekend, no picks, over 500 yards of total offense. The man looked really good. He did. Granted, they're playing Colorado, but Mm. if he can play like this against Oregon this weekend, more on that later... I, I think they could pull off the upset. Um, yeah, I, I think Delora deserved it. If any week he deserved it, it was this one. He played great. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he also had one of the filthiest jukes of the year uh, on that rushing touchdown Oof. where he made those Washington defenders exactly. basically hug and kiss and cry. Not a nice hurdle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was uh, playing out of his mind. Um, my Wheaties player of the week, uh, guy I watched in person, Clark Phillips III, uh-huh. completely shifted the game against Oregon State. Oregon State would have been winning going to the half if it weren't for the plays that Clark Phillips had made. Um, and completely shot Chance Nolan's confidence even more. Um, and then kind of as an insult to injury, he picked off a fade route by Goldrinson at the end of the game in garbage time, basically, just to add to his stat line. He also had a pick six. Um, but it was it was cool to watch him play. Utah fans, they were really nice, um, given it's very easy to be nice when your team's dominating a game. But, uh, you know, for every player that there is making the right decisions, eating their Wheaties, uh, being healthy, going to the gym, there's a guy that's slacking, you know, eating his Fruit Loops, looking a little slower than usual. Hayden, who was eating their Fruit Loops? This is a group of guys, and usually I tend not to single out just one person. In this case, 
Cal O-line was very poor against Washington State. Wazoo dominated that game 28-9. Jack Plummer got sacked four times. He was under duress throughout the entire game. I believe he had like negative 20 rushing yards or something like that. Two players had negative rushing yards for Cal. And Jaden Ott really failed to get going. Something like 16 carries for 60 yards or something. far cry from what he did. Yeah, he did have a rushing touchdown, but um, Cal's O-line could have done a lot better. This is not going to be a traditional Fruit Loops pick here. I can't. I shouldn't be giving Fruit Loops to a guy because of one play. But Jack Coletto was stopped on fourth and one for I think the first time I've ever seen in my life for Oregon State this past weekend. Um, he definitely ate something bad going into this one because he typically is the jackhammer and he gets it done. It's the only explanation. Um, the jackhammer that game, he had like a 25-yard pass though on a critical fourth down. So um, shout out to him for that. But yeah, it was brutal to watch him get stopped. It was at that moment I knew the game was probably um, under wraps. Uh, my Fruit Loops Player of the Week, it's a guy you might not necessarily think, uh, Michael Penix Jr. Um, he ended with a decent stat line. He ended up throwing for four touchdown passes, but three of them were in the second half. Yep. In that first half, three turnovers. One of them led instantly to a safety in the first half. Just a lot of bad plays that really took Washington out of it. And he got a lot of points. It wasn't necessarily in garbage time, but I definitely think UCLA kind of let up because they were up big. Um, and it allowed them to kind of slink into the game at the end there, but just not good enough at the start. It, it kind of was reminiscent of the, that game Delora had last year against Oregon, yep. where it looked like they had a chance, but Delora just made a few critical mistakes early. So with that, we jump into the big picture. It is week six. We have a new AP poll. What are your thoughts? Let's see. Both Kansas schools ranked, right? Yep. Kansas State in there. Finally. Finally, Kansas is ranked. Yeah, what a world. Big 12 is out of its mind right now. Oklahoma and Baylor are not in there, and both Kansas schools are. It's. I mean, this is crazy stuff. And five Pac-12 teams in there. Washington didn't fall out. I feel like in previous years, we would have seen Washington fall agree. out. I would agree. I was pleasantly surprised by that. And this is a... A nod from the AP saying, you know what, the Pac-12, you guys are legit this year. We're not going to punish you too much for losing to an undefeated team on the road. So yeah. props to the AP. And, uh, again, I say it every week, and I'm going to say it again. you love to see the Pac-12 get respect. Right. On that same note, I think the AP realized they were wrong. They put in seven teams that were unranked from last week into the top 25 this week. Good on them for doing that. But they did have to sneak in Mississippi State and LSU for that SEC bias toward the back end. But you know what? I'll take it. We got Cincy, Kansas all in. I'm fine. The the part that frustrates me most about the LSU and Mississippi State inclusions, is I actually think Mississippi State's a great team. And I think they're probably deserving of a top 25 spot in my mind. But when you actually look at it, Mississippi State lost to LSU this season. And yet, they're ranked above LSU. And then you look at LSU, oh, they have one loss. Who's their loss to? unranked Florida State, and Florida State has one loss to a top 15 Wake Forest team. So if there was any sort of logic there and any value to head-to-head, Florida State would be 24th, LSU, if you wanted to sneak them in, would be 25th, and Mississippi State would be unranked. But there's no value given to head-to-head. Even by the committee last year, we saw with that Michigan State-Michigan flip-flop that we had going on there. But uh, Wisconsin, unexpectedly, probably... I mean, if you asked me who I thought would fire their coach first this year, Wisconsin or Colorado, the answer would have been Colorado, easily. But was it Wisconsin before Doral? I think that news dropped Mm. just before Doral. It was close. It was really close. But the same weekend. But Paul Crist 
fired at Wisconsin. Shock. Shocking. Um, very successful coach. Finished with a 67-26 and 26 record over seven years. This is kind of just par for the course, what we're seeing around the country right now. Successful Massive buyout, too. Yeah, successful coaches with proven track records. The minute they just stall out a little bit, schools are not afraid to can them. I will say this. I, I kind of looked and, and was looking into what Wisconsin fans thought of this because, after all, Paul Chris, very popular he yeah. played at Wisconsin, and, and there was a lot of respect, but there was an acknowledgement that he was a little out of touch with the NIL transfer portal, new age of college football, and I believe that is going to lead to kind of an upheaval of a lot of college coaches. Guys who cannot compete in the new game are not going to last. Yeah. Just see Herm Edwards, right? Todd Graham, I think even if he stuck it out at Hawaii, he would have fallen under that category. Oh, Just God. The old school... <laughs> The old school coaches, it's just getting harder and harder for them to stick in today's game. And by the way, I've been uh, monitoring the comments section. We're getting a couple other uh, coaching questions as well. But um, you guys, I'll let you guys get your take in on Paul Christ. Yeah, $11 million is not cheap to buy out a coach that, you know, was pretty successful over there over yeah. the long term. And they've only got three losses right now in a kind of wide open Big Ten West now that Minnesota lost this past weekend. So who knows, there's still probably a path for them. I was shocked, um, you know, for all those same reasons that Hayden mentioned. Yeah, I have two thoughts here. First one, Jim Leonard is the interim head coach right now. He's their defensive coordinator. Very hot name on the coaching carousel right now. Yep. Um, so there's a, a chance, I think, Wisconsin made this move to try and get him to stay and be coach at Wisconsin. Um, Lance Leipold, he has Wisconsin roots. He won six, maybe seven national titles at D3 Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, that's something to think about. Another fact I saw that is just glorious, glorious. Wisconsin lost to Illinois, coached by Brett Bielema. Uh, Brett Bielema used to coach at Wisconsin. Bielema finished his career at Wisconsin with 68 wins, and he was second most in Wisconsin history. That win for Paul Christ, if he beat Illinois, it would have tied him with Bielema. So Bielema essentially defended his record as the second wow. winningest coach in Wisconsin history. How about that? How about that? But definitely an appealing job, though. I mean, man, you're in the Big Ten in a proud football, you know, school. I, I definitely, would, I think, would pick Wisconsin over ASU right now. If oh, we no, were comparing. no, no question. Yeah, it's a good job. I would, I'd put them over Nebraska right now. In my opinion, I believe while I Nebraska would, would is the blue blood, Wisconsin is. They're not a blue. A blue blood. My gosh, it's less but of they're, a project. They're a fringe. It's way less of a project than right. if you were to go to Nebraska. Yep. In my opinion as well you said we had stuff in the chat yeah we got a question from a fan Allie Weber not <laughs> sure who that's uh, who that is but uh, said person was wondering about our thoughts on Auburn's football coaching situation mm. um, that is pertinent to my, this conversation yes I would so he's probably the next name to go I would agree out of power five and I think the fact that everybody knows that and everybody has known that since they lost to Penn State is the stupidest thing ever. If you go into a season thinking, oh, we're gonna fire him the second anything goes wrong, and you know he's not the guy, why are you still dragging him along? It doesn't I, make sense. I am so confused by what Auburn is doing. And I said it the second Malzahn got fired, I said, eh, they're gonna regret that. And they rushed a hire with Brian Harson. He wasn't even very proven, he had a few decent seasons. Uh, he got the keys he? to a Boise. Corvette at Boise. Boise State, yeah, and and uh, 
I, that that's my thoughts on the situation. Yeah, it's just a. It was always a weird fit. He is has no connections to the southeast. He's a Boise, yeah. Idaho guy, coached under Chris Peterson. Like he is a Pacific Northwest guy. He would be like a candidate. I thought he was going to be a candidate for the Wazoo job. You know, a few years ago, or the, you know, what whatever Northern Pac-12 jobs were opening up. Yeah. Oregon State even. So, um, it, yeah, it, just a, a weird fit. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to land somewhere once he gets fired. I agree. I agree. Possibly even Boise State if their right. kind of down season keeps going. Maybe they're just like, you know, come hey, back. come back. <laughs> so um, the Mountain West could use him. Yeah, that's for True. sure. And I, I've seen his name thrown around for ASU. Eh, not sure if I love the fit. I've he's not that, that energy guy. You no. know, he just he's, he doesn't strike me as an he's energy spend guy. Spend too much time in Mexico on vacation. Oh yeah, right. But <laughs> uh, to answer your question, Allie, I I think it's I think there's a very good chance Auburn has a midseason opening. If he if Auburn can't get things rolling here, then I think. I mean, uh, what about this weekend at Georgia? Yeah, good luck. Oof. If they get beat bad enough, it could be right now. It could be after this week. True. All right, we've got our week six picks, and we've got some sneaky, sneaky good games here. Yes. I'm really excited. First game, we've got number eight, Tennessee. They travel to play 25th-ranked LSU. Um, this one's going to be a barn burner in Death Valley. That it is. Tennessee looks like a complete football team right now. Hendon Hooker's rolling. Tennessee has one of the best offenses in the country. They have a good defense, too. Josh Heupel is one of the best coaches in the country. LSU is a tough place to play, but Tennessee's the better football team, and I think they're going to get it done. Yeah, tough place to play. It's a morning game, though. I think when it's nighttime in Death Valley, it's different. If it's the morning, Tennessee is going to win this one. I love Hooker over Daniels uh, this weekend. Also, though, LSU's defense is holding teams to under 300 yards and under... 15 points per game. Wow. So something to look out for. But I still like Tennessee's offense uh, to beat out that LSU defense. I'll tell you what. I really don't like the energy in this game for Tennessee. I'm aware it's not a night game. But home teams in the SEC, especially in these coin flip games, early on, they've been winning them. Mm. And they've been winning them pretty well. Uh, also, they keep saying the Hendon Hooker hasn't thrown an interception in 200-plus pass attempts. Oh, stat. boy. I'm afraid that they're going to bring that up in the broadcast and jinx them into a, an early pick or something like that. But I'm rocking with the Vols, yeah. but this just feels like one where LSU would knock them off. Right, and just real quick, what are your guys' thoughts on Jaden Daniels so far in the SEC? Also a comment. I think he's fared very well. He's fared very well. He's kept himself from getting injured. Um, a better O-line at LSU, which is what he has, has complimented him nicely. It didn't look good after the first game against yeah. Florida State, but since then I, I think he's done very well. I would agree. He's got him in a top 25 team. That wasn't the expectation this year. The expectation was like seven, six wins, maybe eight mm-hmm. wins, best case scenario. So I think they're doing well. Uh, next up, we have college game day. Guess what, boys? Sure. They listen to us. It's TCU at Kansas. It's already sold out. It was sold out like six hours ago, as reported by Brett, Mur- Mc- what, Brett Murphy. <laughs> Brett McMurphy. Brett McMurphy. Anyways, 17 <laughs> TCU at 19 Kansas. Who you got? Jeez, I I really want to pick the Jayhawks. Love me some KU success, but TCU is just, they're legit this year. Sonny Dykes has turned the Frogs around on a dime in his first season. Absolutely smoked 
Oklahoma yeah. last week, 55-24. <laughs> yeah. They're playing near-perfect football right now, and as much as we love Kansas, I got to go with TCU. Yeah, TCU's offense is absolutely electric, but you know what else is electric? Kansas's <laughs> stadium this weekend. It's going to be absolutely crazy. On straight vibes, I'm taking the Jayhawks. Yeah, I mean, Kansas has been my team I've rocked with. They've got me two upset picks this year. Um, they've just been such such a rock for me. You know, I, I remember last... Rock chalk. <laughs> rock chalk, baby. I remember last year I was trying to give them some hype, but obviously, you know, it's impossible to turn around a team in just one season. Mm-hmm. I guess Sonny Dykes at TCU is, would beg to differ. Um, I mean, the marriage between Sonny Dykes and TCU, we should have seen this coming. I mean, the way that his coaching style has immediately translated to that team, everything tells me TCU's going to win this game, but rock chalk, baby. I'm going to ride with Kansas one last time. Let's do it. Let's get Kansas in the top ten. That's what's next. Oh, my. All right, next up we have Texas-Oklahoma-Red River rivalry. Man, this game is always just going to be the toss-ups toss-ups of toss-ups. Uh, this yeah. Anything goes in this game. Records, throw them out the window. Texas is, in my opinion, the better football team this year. Quinn Ewers is likely to play. Dylan Gabriel, do we know? Uh, He's questionable. It doesn't sound too hot. Right. So with that, I'm going to go with the Horns. For that exact same reason. If Dylan Gabriel is not in the game, the difference maker is not there for me for Oklahoma. And for that reason, I got Texas. Also, we're going to Texas versus Iowa State next weekend. So they have to win, right? Let's go. I mean, I think we're going to witness a beatdown in this game. This game is normally close. I think Texas is going to beat down Oklahoma. Hook them horns. I don't even care if Quinn Ewers is back. It could be Hudson Card for all I care. Hook them horns. Go Texas. Next up, we have (laughs) the most hilarious game matchup I have ever seen in my life. Number 16 BYU versus Notre Dame. The Mormons. The Catholics. In Las Vegas, baby. Let's bring it to (laughs) Sin City. That is unbelievable. I've, I'm just thinking, who's Manti Teo rooting for in this game? Do we know? He's I mean, probably is probably alum. the Irish. Yeah, he's probably gotta, the he's Irish. A Notre Dame guy. He's rock right. With okay. The Irish. So, uh, anyways, BYU is the better team on paper. Maybe. I mean, wh- who would you say is the better team on paper? I don't know. BYU is always kind of confusing. They had their uh, requisite crappy performance against a Group of Five <laughs> team last <laughs> yeah. week. Did not look good against Utah State. They were a massive favorite in that game. Only won by like 12 points or something. But Notre Dame seems to be getting better each and every week. After the 0-2 start, they beat Cal. They beat UNC. And now they've had a bye week to prepare for this game. Give me the Irish. I'm going with BYU. They're getting plus money in this one. I don't know, man. I I like Jaron Hall. I think that's more dependable at QB when we compare the two QB matchups. That's true. I I love the culture at BYU. This is so weird of a game, the fact that these two schools are playing in Vegas. I don't even know what to expect from a fan base standpoint. Like, is it going to be more Notre Dame fans? BYU. It's going to be BYU. I I don't know, man. I I mean, (laughs) everyone wants to take a trip to Vegas, but give me BYU in this one. Uh, I'm going to pick Notre Dame in this game. Uh, I think Notre Dame... For me, on paper, I give the slight edge to, and I just do not like the way BYU played versus Utah, Utah State. State. It was really discouraging. Um, but I know BYU is is known to prone to shock people um, every once in a while. 
Uh, I think Notre Dame is actually the point spread favorite in this one. I think it's, oh, really? I think yeah. it's two and a half, Notre Dame. Okay. Um, but next we have Florida State coming off of a tough, tough loss to Wake Forest. They travel to play NC State, who has a tough loss versus Clemson that they just endured. That they do. This is kind of a pick em for me. As good as NC State has been, Florida State just seems like even though they lost last week, there's a little bit of magic to them this year. A little reminiscent of... I'm not saying they're a national championship caliber team by any stretch, but remember that Auburn team in 2013 that came in with no expectations, had a couple fluky wins, Mm -hmm. and then ended up just going on a run. This Florida State team kind of has that feel, but NC State, you just, you can't pick against them here. NC State... This is their year. It's their time. Give me the Wolfpack. This has been a really fun Florida State team, and I really want to pick them as well, but I doubt NC State all the time, and I'm not going to doubt them this weekend. I I think they competed very well last week against Clemson. Outside of a couple turnovers, I think they actually could have pulled that one out. And so I got NC State winning this one, especially because it's at home. I agree. Some brutal mistakes against Clemson last week for NC State. I'm going to pick the Wolfpack. It hurts, though, because Florida State, in my opinion at this point, has the best chance to beat Clemson out in that division simply because they haven't played Clemson yet, and they host Clemson. So they could get that head-to-head win and then make a push. Syracuse is also a team that has a pretty good shot because they don't have a loss yet. Um, And time for our upset picks. I'm traveling to the MAC for my pick this week. We almost never visit the MAC for upset picks. That's true. Shout out MAC fans. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Eastern Michigan as a five-point underdog over Western Michigan. Okay. Western Michigan is two and three. They're the home team. Eastern Michigan's three and two. But since beating ASU, it's been a sketchy couple of weeks. They got blown out by Buffalo the next week. Gave up 50 points. And then they turn around and they almost lose to UMass. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty ugly. But... Eastern Michigan has a guy named Samson Evans at running back who absolutely traumatized me and every (laughs) ASU fan that was in the stands that fateful Saturday night a couple weeks ago where the guy out of nowhere rushed for 250-something yards. Indeed. And he rushed for over 100 last week. Defense travels, running, uh, running the football, that travels well, getting a good ground game going. I've got the Eagles in this game. Why not? I'm going to take it to the top 25. I got Iowa State beating Kansas State at home. Let's go. Okay, that would be huge for us going to the game next weekend. But Iowa State has two really close losses to Baylor and Kansas uh, in the past two weeks. They're coming back home after that road trip at Kansas. I think this is a bounce-back game for Iowa State. I don't trust 2 a.m. for our our caller, Donnie, (laughs) that called in earlier. And so for that reason, I've got Iowa State. Yeah, I'm... Three and two on upset picks this year, um, which I'm proud of. And it's because it's I rocked good, with Kansas and I rocked with Illinois last week. Um, I'm going to rock with another team that I've been liking this year. And I picked them heavily in a game against Syracuse. Mm. And Syracuse ended up beating them. Purdue is two plays away from being undefeated this year. They go on the road to play Taulia, Tungavailoa, this week in Maryland. And I think Purdue's going to win this one. They're, no! about, they're about a three-and-a-half-point underdog, I think. I think they come out, Payne Durham, best tight end in the country. Purdue's going to take care of business. And while Colt is distressed because we picked against Hawaii, and let's, let's go to Lakakeas. And I, I'm feeling good about this one. I think Hawaii's 60 plays away from being undefeated, right? 
or probably do we more get a little bit more? Let me do the math. Uh, how many how many plays are in a game? <laughs> oh man, I, we suck so bad. We didn't even do our wish list. There's a lot of things I'm wishing for. Well, we'll do the we'll wish do list. We'll do that at the end of the show. Yeah, we're going to do it in the uh, high time. Okay. Lock of chaos. Okay. <laughs> Here's some advice. Don't do any more parlays. Okay? Parlays don't work. They don't hit. They haven't hit for me every single week this year, so I'm done. Okay? If you guys saw the Instagram <laughs> post, there's no parlay on there because it won't hit. But what will hit is Utah <laughs> covering three and a half at UCLA. Kansas is getting plus seven points, Rock hosting chalk. TCU. This is a lock. Mm-hmm. Kansas has hit all their against the spread um, picks this year, so why not rock chalk one more one more weekend? Okay, Texas A&M is getting twenty three and a half at Bama. Little sketchy because it's Bama, but you know. Um, Bryce Young, <laughs> Bryce Young, is he still day to day? You know, he may still be, you know, lingering injuries. A and M could keep this competitive. There was a lot of, you know, off season drama surrounding this game, True. so that could add to the covering plus twenty three and a half. No way, I think they pull the actual straight up upset like last year, but I think they cover. And then I got BYU plus three and a half in Vegas versus Notre Dame. Anything can happen in Vegas. Okay, okay, that's I like that. You know, uh, from the from the size of the spectrum, we've seen the utmost confidence and the no confidence. That was somewhere in the middle, I think. There, okay. there, there's a moment in that Bama pick where where I noticed a wave. Yeah, I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, time for the Pac-12 newsletter. Um, Carl Doral, we we alluded to it earlier. He was fired. What are your thoughts? Saw <laughs> it coming. For foregone conclusion. Very similar to Herm Edwards. We knew it was coming. It happened. No big surprise. Uh, $11.4 million buyout, by the way, for Carl Doral. Bro sucked. Even his, like, what was it, the press conference he did before the season, I remember we were talking about that, and he had, like, a not-so-confident answer about his team. I I don't know. The guy was trash. They lost every single game pretty much. Um, FanDuel still has the over-under on Colorado wins this season. At .5? It's bad, bro. Yeah. Yeah, um, my thoughts on Carl Doral. I'll say more stuff about Colorado because now there's a job opening in Colorado. Very interesting job opening. I think Colorado has one of two avenues, and I have one that I 100% think they should go down. They can either find a good coach who is down on his luck, Brian Harson, Dan Mullen, Tom Herman, one of those guys, or you can make like Kansas, Kansas State and Washington, what they've done, which Lance Leipold, Chris Kleiman, uh, Kalen DeBoer, all guys that won at the NAIA, FCS, and D3 level. Mm-hmm. I think Colorado should go after one of those guys. And I've got a few names. First, we've got Adam Durrell. He's won three Division II titles at Northeast Missouri State. He coached at Abilene Christian for five years and kind of turned their program around, took the job at Central Oklahoma. He's a young, energetic head coach. He's 47 years old. Go get him, Colorado. What's his last name? It's Doral. It's the better <laughs> Doral. That's what I'm wow. saying. Um, and then uh, Pete Frudenberg. He won three oh Division three titles at Mary Hart and Baylor. He's won the conference title every year since 2005. Only downside, he's 73 years old. But hey, uh, paternal coach till he's 84. So maybe he's got like 10 years <laughs> and left. And he has Fruit Loops in his name. <laughs> That's also true. So third guy, Vince Kears. He won two Division three titles and made six title games at Mount Union. He has lost only six games in six years as a head coach. And he just took the job as the defensive coordinator at Toledo. In four games versus not Ohio State, he's only allowing 10.2 points per game. So get that guy. Go get him. He's at Toledo. 
He would take the head coach job at Colorado. Mm-hmm. Go give him a contract right now. That's the one I'm most passionate about. I've learned so much about Division three football <laughs> on this show than I have my entire life. I'm going to track it more closely than I used to. Yeah, I feel like what they can't do since Mel Tucker burned them so bad, they cannot go get an up-and-coming coordinator, up-and-coming, you know, this, that, and the other, because those guys are always susceptible to bolt, especially at a place like Colorado, right? I agree with you. I think their route is going to be going down into the FCS Division II ranks, and here's a superstar name that I've seen thrown around in the ASU picks. Troy Taylor, the head coach at Sac State. Let's go! Troy Taylor (laughs) is the former offensive coordinator at prime Eastern Washington, then Utah in 2017 and 2018. So he's a Kyle Whittingham coaching tree guy, right? That's big. That's big. And ever since he took over at Sac State, he, uh, let's see. Has he won the big? He he's either won the Big Sky twice or he's been the coach of the year twice. They've been significantly better. They have been really good. His regular season record there, nineteen and five. At Sac State is really good. Go get him now. They're in a tough conference too. Oh, and by the way, he developed Cooper Cup. Hey, why not? But uh, let's get to our actual Pac-12 predictions now that we've given. I mean, we've given all the advice we can give Colorado at this point. It's up to them to make the, you know, the decision now. <laughs> but uh, we've got probably the game of the week in the Pac-12. Herm Edwards is getting hired by Colorado. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> That would be insane. Anyway, Todd Graham. Number, He's num- on the market. Number 11, Utah. At number 18, UCLA. This is a big one, especially for Colt. It is a big one. Uh, man, I want to pick UCLA here. I just can't do it. Utah, they're getting better every week. Ever since, the, and we knew it, coming into the season, this is a team that when they're going to lose, it's going to be early in the season. Yep. And they got their loss out with Florida. And I guess this would be another game you might throw in the hat as a, as a losable game, if you will, for Utah. But Cam Rising is playing so well right now. If they can get Tavion Thomas, which he missed the first half of the ASU game. I can't remember why. He did, yeah. But, uh, man, Utah is just a juggernaut. Clark Phillips going up against those UCLA receivers. If he can lock them down in those good Utah DBs and make a DTR run for his life, Utah's going to dominate this football game if they can do that. But UCLA's at home. Who knows what they can do? Bottom line is I'm taking the Utes. Here's a little more uh, betting advice. Hedge your bets. So I'm going to take Utah in this game because I have UCLA going undefeated in my other prediction. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going with Utah. I do actually think Utah will win this game. Defense is the difference, I believe. They force turnovers and then turn them into points pretty damn quickly. UCLA is hot, but I think they're going to cool off this weekend. Give me the Utes. It's a spooky, spooky thing to pick against this UCLA team that just beat Washington at the same location with virtually the same point spread. Uh, I'm still going to ride with Utah because oh, I God. think they've got a chip on their shoulder. But watch out for UCLA. They can make us look stupid again um, and eliminate Utah from the playoff and insert themselves into the playoff conversation. Uh, next up, we have number 21, Washington, coming to our backyard. It's going to be a weird game, like a 1 p.m. kickoff. 1 o'clock, yeah. So, Washington at Arizona State. Um, Washington has not won in Tempe 
since the 1990s. Whoa. It's been a long time. It's either 1990, 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. But I'm pretty sure it's 99. So Washington has not won a game at Sun Devil Stadium since we've been alive. And every wow. time we think Washington's going to get it done, I always go back to 2017. You get a top five Washington team in here. Wow. Undefeated. ASU was two and three. ASU beat them. And that revived ASU season that year. How about that? The Washington Huskies, they're a good football team. This is a different year. New coach. Nah, I, I got to go with the Huskies. ASU. Ah, you were talking man, this, 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 I, I just don't see it. And I think Even after Washington the coming, last week. Yes. Coming off of a loss made this game trickier for mm-hmm. ASU. Uh, I think DeBoer is going to get UW ready to go for this game. And he's probably bringing up the fact that they haven't been able to win here. And I'm going to take UW convincingly in this game, despite ASU's impressive effort at USC. Is this a potential rush the field game you guys feel? 100%. Okay. We have to. Okay. I don't know about that. As much as I'd love that, I, I think <laughs> 1 o'clock p.m. in the afternoon. There's no such thing as Pac-12 after breakfast. Okay, yeah. It's Pac-12 after dark. This is going to be bad for ASU. Phoenix is going to be too much to handle. Give me Washington. Yeah, it's going to be nice to watch Michael Phoenix Jr. play in person. That's going to be awesome. I think it's incredible that we line that up, um, and I'm going to enjoy every second of that. Yeah, I really want to pick Arizona State in this game. However, I just can't bring myself to do it. That Those stats you brought up are intriguing, but um, I, I don't know. i got to pick Washington. Next up, we have Washington State traveling to the Coliseum to play number six, USC. Yeah, except for last year, Wazoo's kind of been a thorn in the side of USC. I can't remember what year it was. I want to say it was like 2012, 2013. Mm. USC had hopes. Washington, I believe, came to the Coliseum and beat USC. Wow. But this is just a different USC team. You can throw all the past, the last 10 years, out the window. This is a juggernaut squad. They have... Looked a little vulnerable. ASU did a really good job, I, I might add, they at did? blitzing and getting Caleb Williams uncomfortable and moving he's out so of the good, pocket. Though. But he's so good at that, like you mentioned. And their defense, a little shaky, right? ASU put up 17 first-half points against USC, something there have been times they haven't put up 17 points an entire game this year. Yep. But I like USC at home. USC getting back-to-back home games here. I think they'll clean up the errors from last weekend. Too much firepower on offense. And I think right here, they can actually make a statement from being the number six ranked team in the country to cracking the top four. This is when you do it. Right now would be a great time. And I think USC capitalizes. Yeah, Washington State coming back down to earth. After their win over Wisconsin, it looks like, oh, this team might be good, good. Like they might actually be a top 25, top 15 maybe even team. They've kind of come back to earth. I think Washington State in this game is going to get humbled further and see, ah, we're probably a 7-6 win team this year, um, which I'm all here for. I hate the Cougars. Um, Next up, we have number 12, Oregon, which, by the way, we haven't talked about this in a while. Oregon has the MacGuffin. I don't know if if we we talked about that for our viewers. Yeah, um, the MacGuffin basically is the transitive property uh, from the very first college football game back in like 1806 or whatever when Rutgers got the first MacGuffin. Every team that's beat them and then subsequently beat those other teams continues to move the MacGuffin forward. And so this year, Baylor started with the MacGuffin. They lost to BYU. BYU lost to Oregon. Oregon now has the MacGuffin. Arizona with a chance to win it in Tucson today. 
or not today, but this weekend. <laughs> and the MacGuffin stays in Eugene. Uh, Arizona has had success against Oregon in the past. I want to say it was 2013 and 2014 yep. when they knocked off back two to top 10 Oregon teams Scooby in consecutive Wright. seasons. Yeah, Scooby Wright absolutely Kadeem, owns Kadeem Carey Oregon. Too? Yeah, Kadeem Carey. Kadeem Carey in 2013. But, uh, man, just too much going against U of A here. Yes, they got the win over a horrific Colorado team last week. Arizona's going to score points. They've got a good offense. I'll give them that. Jaden Delora, Jacob Cowing, those two guys have a great rapport. And, yeah, they're, they're exciting to watch on the offensive side of the ball. But that defense is ugly. It is a bottom, bottom three defense in the Pac-12. And Oregon is going to have an absolute field day on the Wildcats, and they're going to put up 50-plus and have a convincing win in Tucson. 6 o'clock game, Pac-12 after dark on Pac-12 networks, <laughs> I might add. The MacGuffin's coming to Arizona, baby. Okay, this is just a recipe for disaster. If you got Oregon coming into Tucson, you've got high-scoring offense. Jaden Delora looked great last weekend. If he does it again, if he looked even 80% of what he was last weekend, this weekend, oh my gosh, they're at least in the game late. Give me the Wildcats to upset the number 12 ranked team in the nation. Yeah, uh, if you peeped Tyler's 10 uh, last week, or maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, it was last week, actually, this last week. Um, I made a note about Arizona in there. Uh, and that's Arizona has the exact same defense that they had last year. They allowed 20 points to a, just a terrible Colorado offense. Um, they Jaden Ott ran all over them. Yeah, 40 plus to Cal. Oregon yeah. is going to expose this this Swiss cheese defense, and I like it because the Swiss cheese defense means guess what? ASU is going to have a chance when we go into Tucson at the end of the That's year. That's true. Um, just no matter what happens this season. Um, so I think Oregon dominates uh, Delora, and uh, he's going to have to wait another week to get another Wheaties nod. Uh, next up, we have Oregon State traveling to play Stanford, coming off of a loss in Salt Lake City. Well, we know Stanford gets up to play Oregon teams right around this portion nope. of the season. It's true. Oregon State reeling right now. They got off to that great 3-0 start, but some shaky QB play. And, and of course, they've played two really good teams back-to-back. We can't, you know, discredit that. I'm going to go with Oregon State. I... Uh, went back and forth in this game this if stanford's going to go to a bowl game they have to win this game but mm -hmm. at the end of the day oregon state i believe is the better team i believe they have the better coaching shout out jonathan smith let's bring go. him up later and uh i like the beeves to get it done on the road as a whole oregon state is a lot better team than stanford quarterback play as hayden mentioned i don't know what to expect there but i think you know, contrary to how you typically do this thing, Oregon State's going to rebound their season on the road. I think they get it done. Give me Oregon State. Yeah. Um, for Oregon State, I had this game circled as an upset loss for us coming into the season. Um, and that was assuming we picked off one of Utah and USC. And we didn't do that. And so now it makes me not want to pick an upset loss here because I'm like, oh, I <laughs> now I really don't yeah. want to lose this game. Um, but, yeah, the quarterback play was suspect, to say the least, last week. Um, I just really don't like where this game falls, having to go on the road back-to-back -back weeks, especially after the way things happened against Utah. I think if we commit turnovers early and if something goes wrong early, 
Stanford's going to jump on the opportunity and we're going to end up losing to a much inferior team. And unfortunately, that is what I believe will happen. I, I'm picking Stanford uh, at home. Um, I hope Oregon State can recover after this. And honestly, I hope they go prove me wrong because the Oregon State team last year was inconsistent. And I think if you copy-pasted last year's team into this game, they would lose this game. However, I'm hoping this year's team is different. And so I want them to go prove me wrong, go beat Stanford on the road, get the job done. That's good. We all didn't pick Oregon State, so maybe that makes it a little <laughs> bit better. Exactly. Um, next up, we have fact or fiction. So uh, let's get into it. We got a good one right now. Um, first one, fact or fiction, the winner of Boise State, Fresno State, which that's a game this weekend, by the way, completely under the radar because of you know, uh, a lot of what's happened. But the winner of Fresno State, Boise State, will win the Mountain West. Fiction. Yeah, I'm going to go no. Yeah, fiction. Wow. Who you got? Hawaii. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. UNLV is so hot right now. It, it's tough to overlook them. But I think Wyoming, Wyoming has put up some solid performances as a whole. They've, they struggled in a couple games. I think it was Illinois. But now when we look mm -hmm. back at it, Illinois was a good team. And so Wyoming beat Air Force this year. But, yeah, UNLV, don't sleep on them. I'll rock with Air Force. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, Air Force lost to Wyoming, so Wyoming does have that leg up. That's exactly. true. Uh, fact or fiction, Notre Dame and BYU playing in Vegas is one of the most hilarious Venmo venues for a game we've ever seen. Fact. Man, that, that's I, funny. Who? I don't even know. Like, Who agreed and scheduled that whole thing? That just makes no sense, man. Maybe they're hopeful that um, the viewers in Vegas that are sinning will repent and join their religions. We'll see. Could be. Fact or fiction, Oklahoma State is one of the most disrespected teams in college football. Oklahoma yeah. State? Yeah. Fact. Every season, honestly. No one's talking about them. They go out, they beat Baylor handily. I mean, mm -hmm. go back to like 2013 when they were like ranked third in that Alabama LSU thing. And even though it was, you know, it kind of made sense at the end, they were very much disrespected. And they have been throughout our entire childhood. I believe it's because they've been thoroughly dominated by Oklahoma, head-to-head. -head. Yeah. yeah. But, like, That's recently they've been one of the most consistent programs and, like, consistently good programs in mm -hmm. all of college football. Don't disrespect the Cowboys. Fact or fiction, the Big Ten West is the worst Power Five division this season. You've got Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota. I mean, I... The, the that worst. or the other one of the ACC ones. The ACC Coastal. That's that's the running. That's Duke, Carolina, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Miami. Yeah, I'm going to say fiction. Pitt. Fiction. That ACC one is rough. Eh. Toss up. Yeah. Fiction as well. I like the, Spot the Big two, Ten though. West. Yeah. All right. Fact or fiction, Bama blows out Texas A&M. I don't Fact. think so. I, I oh. think A&M <laughs> covers. So What's uh, the spread? 23 and a half. I think they ease. I think this game's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be reminiscent of Michigan State, Ohio State from last year. I think it'll be chippy. It's a primetime game. Bro, remember what happened when Alabama played LSU in 2020? Where LSU had just won the national title, beat Bama on the road, or was it at, was it on the road? I can't remember that year. But LSU beat Alabama in 2019, went and won the Natty. The next year, LSU was a little bit like yeah. hobbled. They were like 3-3 three and three when they played Bama, and Bama just came in curb stomped them. I, I just think it's going to be a Bama revenge game. I need them to cover, so I got a and covering. <laughs> All right, fact or fiction, we will see at least two more Power 5 coaches get fired this week. 
Yeah, I mean Auburn. So you, there, there goes Harson. Yeah, right, so Harson. Who else? Satterfield at Louisville. He just lost to Boston Ooh, College. Yikes. Uh And then Neil Brown at West Virginia. They got blown out by Texas hmm. last week. And then uh, the other guy throughout there was Drinkwitz at Missouri. They did compete versus Georgia, but Ooh. it is another loss. And he lost to Auburn, which I don't know see. about two. If if Auburn gets destroyed, like if Georgia covers, he'll be gone. Who it, did you say was? Did you say the West Virginia coach already? Neil Brown. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think he could potentially be gone. And it seems like an arm, arms race almost at this point to, to fire your coach now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah honestly. The, the coaching market is so good right now that you, yeah, people are rushing to buy out those contracts. Fact or fiction, the Red River rivalry is the best college football rivalry. No. Fiction. Fiction. What's the best? Auburn, Alabama. Yeah. Iron Bowl oh. or Michigan, Ohio State. Okay. Or, I mean, Army, Navy, though. Does, just it, from a... does it hurt this game to be so early in the season? Kind of. Kinda. Yeah, I would have liked this, you know, with the Auburn-Bama games. Yeah. It's valid. Uh, fact or fiction, Hawaii will cover their 21-point spread on the road versus San Diego State. Ooh. Fact. I'll tell you why, too. The style of ball San Diego State plays, and this is the worst San Diego State team we've seen in a long time. Valid. I mean... I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> Hawaii didn't lose this past weekend because they were on a bye week. Not much to look forward to on this team. I tried looking up, like, just news on Hawaii. Still really not much from the New Mexico State game. We're a really bad program. Do we cover 21 points? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. There we go. Here, there here we, we go. go. San Diego State, outside of scoring 38 on a horrific Idaho State team, 20 against an awful Arizona defense, 7 against Utah, 17 against Toledo, 13 against Boise. Yeah, this not is a not a high-powered offense. Yeah, not saying they lose, but Hawaii can easily cover that spread. All right, well, that completes factor fiction. Let's jump into the name game, uh, where we've got some some names from Pac-12 players for Colt to spell. I'll kick things off. Colt, we've got an Oregon State offensive lineman. He is a true freshman, Marco Balestrieri. Oh boy. About to get Marco wrong somehow. M A R C O. That is correct. Wow. Oh. Wow. He go. He cruises. To, I'm telling you, this is one you could get. Same with mine. Last name. I went easy. B. Correct. E. That is incorrect. Cold has missed the second letter of the last Can, name, but you get Balestrieri. Just gotta get the vowel right. B. Mm-hmm. I. No, no, it, uh, it is. What? <laughs> we got to be A, right? B A L E S T R I E R I. We just see the mental decay that happens oh, when you have to put no up with would, this. Uh, there's no way I would have got the back-to-back yeah. ERIs. All right, what was that? What was that? Watch? My watch said I found this on the web. She told me the answer <laughs> to the spelling game. All right, All here right. we go. This is absolutely doable, Colt. Oh God. This is a redshirt freshman cornerback from Washington. Is he Hawaiian? He is not Hawaiian. Okay. He's from California. Dyson McCutcheon. Okay. Dyson McCutcheon. So Dyson, like the fan, D-Y-S-O-N. You got it. Like like the fan. Okay. McCutcheon. (laughs) Okay. Andrew McCutcheon. M. Yep. C. Mm Mm-hmm. C. Yep. U. Yep. T. Yes. C. Yes. H. Yes. E. Yes. Oh? Yes. 
And you got it. Oh, oh my god! Papa's <laughs> gonna win the football game! Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. He's done it with no misses! Dyson McCutcheon, you got Holy it, bro. Holy cow. It was the first time he's ever done that. I don't know if I've ever got back-to-back -back first names right, too. And by the <laughs> way, that's not how Andrew McCutcheon spells his last name, but really? you still got the dub. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you were wrong, but you were right. Exactly. That's about right. All right. That's pretty good. There um, you go. Maybe that, that'll get the confidence going. Because I think you got two in a row at some point last year, right? Back-to-back -back weeks, maybe? Uh, he got like a there Mickey was like Mouse a Mickey Mouse where I gave him an extra guess. He got like the turkey right or something no, like but that. No, that was like the best <laughs> feeling of the spelling game I've ever had. That that was fantastic. That was a legitimate one. Your first non-Mickey Mouse win. That was good. Honestly. That was good. Um, we're going to do our wish list at the high tide. So before we get there, I'll let Michael Scott take us to the outro. All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. Madeline uh, perfectly encapsulating it, saying it's a miracle <laughs> that Cole got it right. Um, it's true. And, you know, we're getting close to the holiday season. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's pumpkin spice season right now, yep. and, and we're, we're nearing Christmas. So it's time to start assembling your wish list. And so um, for each of our respective teams, you know, Oregon State, Arizona State, Hawaii, um, we've assembled some wish lists for what we, you know, wish we could have uh, Hayden, what's your wish list for Arizona State? All right. With ASU having a head coaching vacancy, my entire wish list is just head coaching candidates. Okay. So ASU, I mean, again, being realistic, these three guys I'm going to list probably probably not going to come to Tempe. But, but it's a wish list. Right. It's you know, a wish you, list. You asked for the huge Right. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. For ASU, okay. <laughs> we need someone who's offensive-minded or... A very experienced head coach, established, who understands the new landscape of college football. Yep. And I think most importantly, is familiar with recruiting the West Coast, Arizona, etc. Yes. Matt Campbell at Iowa oh. State is has done a phenomenal job of recruiting the state of Arizona. Brock Purdy, Joey Ramos, who just transferred back to ASU, but he's an Arizona guy, among others. And he's a he's a program builder. He's a guy exactly. who knows how to do more with less. Huge Matt Campbell fan. If he doesn't take the Nebraska job, I would love to have him in Tempe. That'd be a good hire. This is not an offensive-minded guy. I think Dave Aranda is one of the best coaches in college football. Oh. If Dave Aranda came to Tempe, <laughs> it's not happening. But why not, man? Dave Aranda, if if he if the he knew Waco to Tempe, right? Line? I mean, what if we just. I don't know. I don't know what the sell would be to pry him from Baylor. Maybe he's a little closer to Hawaii or something. I don't know. He but hates Texas. And he would there. take the job from Iguano, who's like actually blood Hawaiian. Right. Maybe he would keep Iguano on the staff. There Who knows? Oh I would God. love that. I'm in. I would be all over that. You have Iguano, who's the Arizona recruiter. You have Aranda, who's the X's and O's guy. ASU would be in such good shape if they could pull that off. That'd be nice. And even though he's lost back to – this is the third guy – even though he's lost two straight games, I am still on the Jonathan Smith train. If somehow ASU can pry no. Jonathan Smith, I don't know no. if it's money, I don't know <laughs> what it is. You know, Jonathan Smith is from Southern California, so he would be a little bit closer to home. Again, it's going to take a lot, and I think 
it's not quite conditional, but if we can get Brian Lindgren to come with him, no, what? That would You're be. You're gonna take both. Yes, we got. <laughs> we got to raid the pantry, raid the pantry, and uh, th- those are my top three. That's my wish list: Matt Campbell, Dave Aranda, Jonathan Smith. If ASU can land one of those three guys, that is a home run hire. Go Aranda and Campbell. <laughs> Going into this season, Hawaii needed a lot, right? And we did get it, okay? We got the culture back. We got Timmy Chang, who's a likable figure at the helm of this program. And we got a little bit of sense of pride back after that whole Todd Graham fiasco. Yep. Okay, so now, going forward, we need something to root for. We need to see some progress on the field, okay? I think we start with the quarterback position, obviously. I mean, right now we have the 126th and 130th Worst QBR Yeesh. quarterbacks in the entire nation in Gosh. Braden Shager and Joey Yellen. I don't care if it's John Chiave Sagapolutele from Obama's high school or Whoa. Dylan Riola <laughs> or someone. Come in and change this quarterback position. Come in and do something cool, man. We've got an offensive head coach. We've got an offensive offensive coordinator that likes to run the run and shoot. Go back to our roots. Do something cool. Also, Nick Rolovich currently is unemployed. Okay. Bring him in as a QB coach. Do something with him. We'd love to have him. That's my wish list. All right. That's a pretty good wish list. Oregon State, um, an interesting wish list. You know, coming into the season, there there wouldn't have been a ton that I probably wished for. Um, I'm going to say Jonathan Smith staying at Oregon State. I'm just going to... That's not even on my wish list because that's something that I think is very realistic. I believe he. Sure. There's no reason for for him to leave right now. Um, so it, it would be Trent Bray, our new defensive coordinator. We hired him last year after we fired our other guy, Tebzar, because um, of poor performances versus Cal and Colorado. He's been great. He's been great. He put together the game plan that held USC to 17 points and three points through a half of football. Um, keep him, Brian Lindgren. His offensive schemes are beautiful to watch. The offense is so fun to watch. I'm not sure how much of that is Lindgren, how much is that is Smith. I'm inclined to believe that Lindgren, Lindgren, Lindgren oh, yeah. has a lot to do with it because of the buzz he gets for other coaching jobs mm-hmm. often. Um, and the biggest one on my wish list, he's a guy that already committed to Oregon State. Four-star quarterback from Downey, California, Aiden Childs. My wish list is to not allow him to decommit. Keep him. Hold on to him with all your might because Chance Nolan, it's been pretty ugly. I'm hoping he rebounds, but it's been pretty ugly, and Goldbrinson did not look quite as good. So my wish list is please hold on to Aiden Childs from Downey, California. And that completes my my short wish list for the Beavs. I think all of these wish lists are achievable, even though mine are... Uh, definitely three names that would be tough to swing. Matt Campbell, I believe, is the most likely on that list, just because I would, I would Iowa State isn't you know setting the world on fire anymore. I could see it, followed by Jonathan Smith and then Dave Aranda. It does feel like things have fizzled out there. We could be. I mean, seeing him and then Texas is my Big Twelve champion pick. So there's two big things to watch in that Iowa State Texas game. The bar is set so low for Hawaii. I mean, the ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan once said. I mean. <laughs> We need a quarterback, someone. Hayden, do you want to try out this weekend? <laughs> yeah, throw me out there. Okay. All right. Well, if that's all we got, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Webb. And I'm Cole Tomadova. And with that, we wave goodbye. Hey, going to come back to the near side. Pick six. Let's see that